Hello, friends, and welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee. They've somehow given me the job of Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, KPDQ, and The Fish. And I'd like to give a shout-out to a couple of special friends, Pastor Scott Gilchrist of Downtown Bible Class and Southwest Bible Church. He's about to head off on a mission trip, so safe travels, Pastor Scott and crew. And I'd also like to say hi to producer Dan Mullins and Pastor Mike Mutchler. You may know them from the Grandview Connection and Grandview Baptist Church. They came by to visit earlier this week, and Grandview Baptist Church is hosting their ladies' conference. It just started today. There are a lot of great churches and ministries and outreaches out there, and one of them is Resound Church. That's on Northeast 48th Avenue in Hillsborough, right across from the Hillsboro Costco. And there's a great story we're going to hear about that from lead pastor Luke Reed. So welcome, Luke. Thanks for coming out today. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, mate. It's funny. We have been friends online for several years now because of a mutual friend who said, you've got to get to know this guy coming to Portland, Mike. And now I finally get to meet you in person today. So tell me, where did you grow up? Okay, I grew up in a place uh, in a country called New Zealand, born in Palmerston North, grew up in Auckland, but I moved to Australia when I was 15. So I don't really know where I'm from, to be honest with you. <laughs> You're almost like a military kid yeah, like that. You I live am. in so many different places. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I grew up in New Zealand and uh, a great place, beautiful, picturesque. And uh, when I was about 14, 15, uh, my mum dragged me over to Australia across the ocean. How was that? For a transition for you at this age, uh, you know it was it was interesting. I mean, you have a slightly different accent, so all the you know your school buddies make fun of you, you know. But uh, it was great. It was good. Well, you were a tall, good-looking, smiling, amicable guy. I'd I'd like to think that you probably made friends quickly, even throughout these moves. Yeah, you know, I played rugby, and that kind of helped. So you know, you just find the the local uh, rugby club, join, and uh, beat guys up, and they love you for it. So I'm a bit of a rugby illiterate, I must admit. So sure. were you good at it? What was your position? What did you like most about rugby? Oh, I love rugby. I still love rugby. I played up until about four or five years ago, actually, and uh, played as an adult, played for clubs, and uh, just the sport is unbelievable. So you guys play American football over here, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys, uh, there's, there's like tights, there's shoulder pads, there's helmets, and uh, you know, some, sometimes there's sparkly uniforms. And uh, for us, it's no shoulder pads, no helmets. It's just uh, just raw grit, you know. And so one thing we do have is we have mouth guards. And so and we might be brain damaged, but at least we got a good smile, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> looking we, up we, from the casket, you'll be a, a happy course. Yeah, that's right. It'll be a nice little smile. But, you know, it's basically very similar to American football, except it's more continuous. So there's no breaks. Um, and it's just guys trying to kill each other for the ball. And do they play both ways, being offense and defense, or do you have substitutions? Same, we have subs, but it's uh, only five subs, and it's 15 aside, and you're on the whole time. So the defense, you are the defense and offense. I was uh, a forward, so I was the guy that tackled and was basically told to kill anyone that has the ball, and that was my position. So it, it sounds more like soccer when it comes to how much you've got to be on the playing right. field going right. back and forth. Basically, how it was invented was a guy was playing soccer, picked up a soccer ball and started just tackling each other and killing each other. And uh, there we have rugby. <laughs> so you take a children's playground game of beat the living daylights out of each other, <laughs> yes, add a title yeah. and some uh, cute yes. shirts to it, and all of a sudden you've got a sport. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's excellent. 
So tell us about Resound Church. Yeah. So uh, we we moved to the area about three and a half years ago, my wife and I. And, and was uh, this from Australia? No, actually, we had stopped in a place called Iowa. Have you ever heard of Iowa? Yeah. Field of Dreams, <laughs> yeah, Kevin yeah, Costner. Field of Dreams, that's why, right, there's a lot of corn there. Uh, and so we, we had uh, uh, been youth pastors and young adults pastors there and had a great experience at a large uh, youth and young adults ministry. I was a teaching pastor Sunday morning in a, in a large church out there. And uh, we had a great experience. And that's actually where we met our mutual friend. And uh, it was an incredible experience. But we, we started to feel stirred to, to plant a church. And uh, to be honest with you, we were kind of scared about it because it's it's quite a faith move. You know, there's no guarantee. It's a step of faith. And so you know, we pushed it down a little bit, to be honest with you, because it, it was kind of daunting. And uh, and so we had prayed about it and processed it, and, and we felt called to do it. We felt really got, like we got some clarity about planting a church. And uh, so it was very exciting. And So uh, how, how did God give you this first prompting in the first place that you somewhat shrugged off? And said, uh, I didn't just feel that or hear <laughs> that. Nah, not me. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the Cheerios in the morning, you know. So we, we uh we had prayed about it. We we felt stirred about uh, next steps. You know, there was kind of this uh, discontent in our spirit. Right. So and you loved what you did at this big church in Iowa, absolutely, with the age groups you were with and yeah. doing your teaching. But yes. there there was a a feeling of a, a gaping hole. Something was missing. Yes. As much yeah. as you loved what you were doing, you knew it wasn't complete yet. Right. Right. And I think that that uh, void, whatever that was, pushed us to what we called the pursuit. And so we began to pursue God and fast and pray. And honestly, we didn't hear anything for about a year as to the next steps. And we just kept digging and praying and praying and praying. And honestly, for, for about 12 months, we just got no clarity. And uh, at one point we were praying and uh, we just said, okay, we got to pray about this, the, uh, this next step. And uh, we got clarity as to planning a church. But then the next question is where? Do we go back to Australia? Do we go to Europe? Do we go, where, where do we go? Uh, you know, we, we, we felt stirred to go to like Honolulu, Southern California. I can deal with Honolulu. You know, I just, the, the, I, so, but I don't think that was God speaking. I think that was the son speaking. And so, you know, we, we're, we're thinking about that. But we, we really got a list of the most unchurched cities in America. And uh, Portland, Oregon actually ranks as one of the most unchurched uh, areas in the, in the United States, if not the most unchurched metropolitan city. And uh, so we, I started looking at it, I, and I didn't know anything about the area. I didn't know Mount Hood. I didn't know the, uh, downtown Pearl District. I didn't even know the little Thai place around the corner, you know, so I knew nothing of the area. And uh, so we had just prayed and processed, and uh, I really felt stirred and pulled towards the city, Portland, Oregon. Um, and uh, and I was really careful not to push my wife. You know, I was really careful not to come in and talk to Alyssa, who's uh, she's an Australian gal as well. She's got a bit of fire. And I spoke to her. And I said, you know, I really feel uh, feel led, uh, you know, to, to to plant a church somewhere. And she was excited about the possibility and what could happen. But uh, but obviously the the whereabouts is a big deal. So anyway, um, I was really careful not to tell Alyssa, hey, this is where we're going. I just said, hey, pray about it. I want to hear and get your voice on this and you to really get clarity on it. So, uh, you know, part of it is is for two reasons. I wanted her to hear from God for herself. Second reason is I didn't want it to be my idea when things got tough. And, uh, you know, we just really processed it and prayed about it. And uh, she was watching uh, HGTV. 
and uh, this she was an interior designer in Sydney, and so she was watching this special on uh, on Portland, and she just felt stirred, and so we just felt this pull and tug towards Oregon, and uh, and then I th- I think we just kind of said to our pastor, hey, God's calling us out there, and he said, have you visited there? I said, absolutely not. And he said, you're crazy. I said, probably. And, uh, and then, you know, we moved across the country with seven people. I love hearing stories like that, that, <laughs> that you held back so that you wouldn't be the one that your wife followed, but that God would prompt her heart. Right. And God uses the foolish things to confound the wise, like right. HDTV, right? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. God used it. God used it. So we, we started uh, uh, driving around the area. And uh, and then we started driving driving down Highway 26, 185th, that whole area, Beaverton, Hillsborough, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to us. This is it. This is it. And uh, we got clarity and moved. And I've never done anything like it. And uh, I, I don't think I'd do it. And do hopefully it, you won't have right. to again if <laughs> God crazy. wants to answer yeah, your uh, wish list here. Huh? Absolutely. So this is a really interesting story. So I I want to follow up on that, but. Before we do, I want to give out your contact information. ResoundChurch.com is the yes. website. They're on Twitter at Resound underscore church, and they're also on Facebook at Resound Church. Resound Church meets uh, right across from the Hillsborough Costco, right. Northeast 40th Avenue, which is another great story. They're out in Hillsborough, and services are held Sunday mornings at 9 and at 11. We'll be back with more from lead pastor Luke Reed of Resound Church on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Always good to connect with the local churches that are really reaching out and affecting the community in good ways. And one of them is Resound Church with lead pastor Luke Reed in our studios today. They're on Northeast 48th Avenue, right across from the Hillsborough Costco, which is a great story in and of itself I want to ask you about soon. If you'd like to give them a call, try 503-332-7713. And the website is a pretty one. Lots of great information at resoundchurch.com. So thanks so much again for coming out today, Luke. Absolutely. We were talking about your relationship with your wife, who also serves alongside you at Resound Church. So I want to find out about that. But let's take a step backwards and tell me, where did you meet Alyssa? Absolutely. So uh, I was a youth pastor and young adults pastor in a place called Canberra in Australia. It's the capital of Australia. And uh, I was, uh, I remember the, actually the day when she walked in and there's uh, a beautiful smile and uh, absolutely gorgeous and loved Jesus. And uh, oh my goodness, I, uh, I like this gal. And, uh, and so how so old actually, were you at this point? I, I was 23 and uh, she was uh, 20 and she was actually studying architecture at that point. And so a, a smart gal as well that loves Jesus. And so uh, I, as a good pastor does, I, I wanted to show our new people around. And I said, hey, let's, uh, I'd like to show you some of the city. And so we went out on a first date and it was lovely. Yeah, you didn't do this with everybody who walked in this church. Well, I'm a <laughs> good pastor. She kind of stood out, didn't I'm she? I'm a good pastor. No, uh, <laughs> she did kind of stand out. It was lovely. Yeah, so we got married in, uh, in uh, 2003. And, and uh, yeah, we've got three kids, wonderful kids. Congratulations. How old are they now? Uh, we have uh, Eva, who's seven, Maggie, who's four, and Liam, who's one. A little stud. He's going to be a little rugby player, I think. Yeah. His poor sisters. Is, is, is he <laughs> yeah, already no. laying, uh, oh, laying the gosh. shoulder into he's, their gut or yeah, what? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's got three mothers right now, you know. <laughs> 
I am the youngest of three with two older girl sisters and two cousins who are like big sister figures. So I can totally relate with Liam. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and don't be surprised if somewhere down the line, God put it very strongly on, the, on your heart that it is your job to be his primary Christian male influence, right on, right as on. we're supposed to be with all of our kids. But for, for me and TJ, at least, uh, while I am also my daughter's father, I have a special, strong feeling in my gut that I believe is from the Lord saying, he's your responsibility. Right on. Right on. And so so right use on. this or lose this, yeah, but right you can't say that you didn't know. Right, right on, right on. So here we go. And uh, do they love having a little brother? Oh, absolutely. They just love and have a little baby boy. Absolutely. Yeah, they're great girls. So he's. I bet he has a lot of different personality than what you're used to seeing from daughters, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. So the girls were just this, uh, these petite gals, you know, and, and uh, even now, you know, they're just beautiful girls. Whereas Liam's just solid. You know, he was like I was as a baby, just big, you know, and solid. And so he's got a grip of a 10-year-old. And, you know, he's at one, he's such a strong little guy. He's in, you know, he's, he looks like he's close to two years old. You know, he's just solid, big, tall. And so I'm pretty excited to wrestle the guy, to be honest with you. He must adore that. Huh? Yeah, he's He awesome. just probably he's lights awesome. up when daddy's in the oh, room. Oh, no doubt. Big Wrestling smile. or roughhousing together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's awesome. So tell us about... When Luke Reed really came to own his own faith, when did he come to know the Lord? You moved around a lot as a child. And then after that, you became a full-time minister where you met your wife. But where was the light bulb moment in your life that that really made you think, this is is it. Jesus is the Christ. Right. It's real. Right on. Well, uh, I was led to Christ. I invited Jesus into my life when I was about five years old, and I believe it was a real decision. I remember when it happened. I was on my uh, my bunk bed with my mom, and uh, she led me to Christ uh, with my my uh, Transformers duvet. You know, just as a kid, I was in my pajamas, and she led me to Christ. You know, and and uh, though though that's a beautiful story, you know, just of a mom leading uh, her son to Christ and. What's so cool is that we were able to do that with our seven-year-old. When she turned five, she made a decision for Christ as well. Now, did she, too, have a Transformers duvet on her bed? No, she didn't. It was probably more like Bobby's or, you know, My Little Ponies. (laughs) Yeah, so I know all the My Little Ponies. So, you know, I think, um, you know, for me, it was a real decision. And um, it was a wonderful decision. And and I remember in that moment of being a transforming moment, even at five, and, uh, you know, we grew up in a crazy dysfunctional home, you know, where my mom, she authentically loved Jesus. And I got to see her love Jesus through uh, some pretty tough, tough things. You know, my father has actually uh, spent some time in prison for attempted murder. And, uh, you know, it, it, for me, I saw some pretty, uh, pretty crazy dysfunctional things in my family. And uh, just seeing my mom walk through uh, just these challenges with an authentic faith just spoke to me as a child. I remember I have these images as a young man, seeing my mom open her Bible, just crying out to God in the most challenging moments. And to me, uh, in those weak moments, that probably spoke the most to me, even more than the big moments, that when things went well and we had the big breakthroughs. It was in the weakest moments watching my mom respond to those tough uh, days and those tough situations, just with a real faith. It was an authentic faith. And um, I think that's what what my mom really gave me. 
is an authentic faith that was real. It wasn't just a Sunday faith. It was really something that we lived out Monday, to, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's lovely. It's funny. Maybe it's a pride thing or maybe it's the cultures that we grow up in that tell us that it's not okay to be transparent or reveal weakness or give someone else the upper hand on you. And yet it was these moments of weakness that your mom shared with you right. in front of you that really right. gave you that strong belief in, in the God that she believed in and cried out to. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think there tends to be a thought that says weakness uh, is, a, is a flaw in somebody. Whereas the, the, the Bible actually instructs us, it says it's, it's in our weakness where God shows his strength. And uh, I, what I find even as a minister, people tend not to relate to my strengths. They relate to my weaknesses. And so I can talk about all these big things I've done, but what I find is people, when I begin to be honest and just, hey, these are the challenges I face, people relate to those moments more than even the big uh, breakthroughs and the big stories. And uh, I think the same is true for my mother. Is that that's one of the things I saw with my mom, is I saw an authenticity and weakness that was powerful. And so I think I think for me, absolutely, it's in those weak moments that actually God used to be strong moments. So parents out there, maybe you're going through a season of discouragement, feeling like you're not impacting your kids' lives like you think you should. Maybe you can step back and listen to Luke here and just think it's not about us being perfect or making a Christian churchese checklist and making sure we have our, all our things set and our kids go to a certain number of youth group activities per month to get their gold star at the end of Sunday school. Maybe it's about just being real and following a perfect God with our imperfect lives. Maybe it's those moments, like in Luke's mom's case, that are going to speak the most to our kids and be more about him and less about us. Kind of going off on a tangent here, but it's great. Tell us about when Alyssa decided to go into the ministry full time alongside you. You mentioned that she had studied architecture when right. you first met, right? right. So she, uh, we actually ended up moving to Sydney, and she worked downtown Sydney for a firm that was amazing doing interior design. So she switched her degree to design, which is different uh, than just an interior decorator. So there's often confusion. Interior decorator. Is cushions and curtains and whatnot. Alyssa, she would do buildings, facades, interiors. She would design resorts in Fiji and uh, $7, million, uh, $7 million apartments in downtown Sydney and hotels, you know. And so that was her job. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. It and sounds so, like fun. Is she a real creative type? Very creative. You know, we, we are two very different people. For me, I love to conquer things. You know, I like to climb a mountain, snowboard, uh, do, do things that are conquered. Whereas Alyssa, her time when she gets, you know, space, is she'll create something. She'll think, man, I want to create a piece of furniture. I mean, there's been days where she just thought to create a chair or a, you know, something. And she does. She's incredible. To me, that would, I think I would get mad. Ikea is already test me, you know, so uh, putting together those, that furniture. But that, yeah, That's why they serve meatballs there. Yeah, exactly. Calm us down. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think Alyssa, for her, it's, it's just kind of a journey. I think what, uh, for her, she's just respond, uh, responded to the, the, the present opportunities that God has given her. And so for her, I think uh, I, we never really try to put Alyssa into a box where she had to look like the pastor's wife with a big, you know, uh, big pastor's wife here and you know, that look. And, you know, I, I think for us, we just said, let Alyssa be who Alyssa is. 
And uh, she she never aspired to be full-time ministry, to be honest with you. She just loved Jesus and was a creative gal. And uh, and so for her, she just kind of pursued her dream, what God called her to, and she's still really very much functioning in that. So she's absolutely involved. She leads worship. She led worship back in Sydney and our very large church back in Sydney. And uh, she's very gifted, but you know we, we try not to box her. Uh, she's, she's very unique. And it's certainly not size of a church that dictates the spirit moving through because there are going to be some incredibly large mega churches that are absolutely doing God's will. There's going to be some tiny home type churches also doing God's will. Uh, What I love to see the most, Luke, is when we knock down these barriers and call ourselves the church. So earlier this week, I was at this uh, Clackamas County Mayor's Prayer Breakfast for National Day of Prayer yesterday. And one of the things they mentioned was a group called One Church of Clackamas County. Now, One Church is actually... 13 different congregations, but wow. they call themselves the church. Wow. And among other things, they've partnered alongside Embrace Oregon, and they've done a makeover of the DHS building. So all these poor wow. kids who have troubled parents, and they only get to meet them under supervised visitation times, they're no longer seeing them in a drab, dingy room. They're seeing mm-hmm. them in something colorful and pretty. There's a Portland Timbers room that Clark right Hilton on. should be happy right about. On. There's one for the Blazers. There's an Oregon Zoo. And that was just the church getting together. So, Great. so yeah, as followers of Christ, we are imperfect vessels. We crash, we burn. But at the same time, there's certainly difference makers out there, which is what this show is about. So right. it's neat being able to see the church's get together and do things. And I love the fact that you work alongside your wife and she doesn't seem to have missed a beat going from one career distinctly to a different one in full-time ministry. So how is it working for you working together full-time? Are you with each other 24 seven? Do you work in different parts of the church and different ministries or what? You know, she is very uniquely gifted. And I think, uh, Learning to celebrate each other's uniqueness, I think, is what helps you in marriage, you know, realizing that you're not the same person. I think when you first start dating, you're like, hey, I like Justin Timberlake and so do I. And you think you got everything in common. Then as you go on, you realize how different you are. You know, you're two different people. And I think re- recognizing that is what what makes marriage so wonderful, that diversity. And, and so Alyssa is very uniquely gifted, very uniquely. She's wonderfully gifted. And, and uh, so for, for Alyssa and I, uh, she's a stay-at-home mom, so she focuses on the uh, predominantly the kids, which is one of the greatest jobs on earth, you know, and uh, I, uh, wonderful. She does a wonderful job at it. But then she uh, leads worship, and uh, she disciples some gals in the church. And so I think that, you know, and then she'll come to meetings now and then. But she's really uh, encouraged to do what she feels called to do in her heart. And uh, she does that, and she does a great job at it. She's exceptional. It's neat that you've taken your differences and celebrated them and not had one spouse try to suppress how God wired him or her for the other. Because I think it's, it's when we celebrate our differences that we sharpen each other. We cover each other's blind spots. Mm-hmm. And we, we build each other up. Well, I, and just on that, actually, I, I, I meet a number of uh, uh, pastors and, and they have their spouses, their wives that really struggle with ministry, the pressure, and they, they're, they're constantly feeling like they're put into a box that they just simply don't fit in. And uh, I think it's so important to, to give our uh, pastors' wives the freedom to be who they are and who they're called to be. And uh, it makes ministry so much more enjoyable for them. You know, it's not them having to do it, but there's an actual want and desire because they're doing what they're called and gifted to do. 
More next with Luke Reed, the lead pastor of Resound Church, next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and if you go to the website resoundchurch.com, you'll find out about lead pastors Luke and Alyssa Reed of Resound Church. And because it's on the internet, you know it must be true. So uh, your website, Luke, explains that you graduated from Hillsong International Leadership College. Yes. Yes. That's really neat. When I think Hillsong, I think Darlene Check. I think of some incredibly gifted and talented and inspiring worship music. So tell us, how was Hillsong International for you? I think it's an incredible experience. For me, it was was my formative years, and uh, it was where I was trained in ministry, and really the heart of ministry, as well as there's great theology, there was great teaching. Uh, But I think one of the things that I caught was the DNA of the house. And uh, I remember my first job in ministry when I was serving there was to clean the bathrooms. Then the next step was to, um, I was on security for uh, middle schoolers. And to me, those things, what that did is it taught me what ministry is. It kind of, if I was with Jesus, it'd be, it'd, it'd make me, uh, you know, clean the, the disciples' feet. It's that level of realizing ministry is not about you. It's about serving the people you love. And uh, I think that was a wonderful thing. I think the the other thing is just the excellence. And I think the, uh, uh, just the Jesus-focused um, ministry that they have, what they're doing in the community. What we hear of over here is just the music. What you don't see is what they're doing for the poor, what they're, how they're helping people in the community, true community transformation, which is wonderful. And then all the projects around the world that they do and where they're helping people constantly. So for me, I think that was just a wonderful piece. I think most people, when they, they think of Hillsong, they think it's uh, going to be this glamorous thing every Sunday. And the reality is this, when you're there week in, week out, it just becomes church for you. You know, it's worship, it's a speaker, it's community, much like small churches and large churches everywhere. So coming from the other side of the globe, have you brought a lot of these elements? And I'm not simply talking worship and music styles, but a lot of that servant-hearted centeredness. Have you brought that to Resound Church? If you had to meet someone in an elevator on the way up here to the studios and they said, oh, Resound Church, tell me about that. What would your elevator pitch be? (laughs) Uh, My elevator speech. Uh, you know, I, I think that first and foremost, we're a church of grace. And uh, what that means is we believe it's it's God who changes people. And the second is I, I believe that uh, we're a church that exists for the one. And uh, I believe that Jesus had the incredible ability to look at a crowd of thousands and see not just a crowd, but to see individuals. He, the Bible says he had compassion on the crowds, meaning on a gut level, he loved them. And I think those key, key fundamentals have been a big piece of being a church that celebrates God's power, his work, and uh, his ability to change people. And then secondly, just valuing people, loving people, having those moments where you're uh, godly, uh, these godly interruptions where you're uh, willing to be interrupted by people in the rhythm of life. And actually enjoy it and embrace it, not take it as an annoyance, but as, say, a calling. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can you explain how it was, you from... As foreign a place, I'm not talking Australia, I'm talking Iowa, okay, <laughs> coming to Portland where yeah. you had never been before, right. and after driving around, you and Alyssa found the region God wanted you right. to plant a church. Right. 
So did you have the backing of your previous church in Iowa? Were you completely on your own? Is this a denominational thing or what? Uh, no, we, we literally moved out here by faith. I mean, my last church, they, on my last Sunday, they took up an offering for us. And uh, that, that was very generous, absolutely generous. Um, but we really did move out here uh, in a truck, actually, with a few other families. We actually shared a big truck. I remember driving it from Iowa out here. It was a horrible experience. And I I, had, uh, I broke my toe as well on the journey. And so it was just kind of one of those fun times. And uh, and we had moved across the country. And uh, honestly, for the most part, it was just God said and we did, you know. <laughs> and uh, we moved across and it was, it was exciting. There was a lot of... Um, uh, stress as to God, how are you going to do this? And, and having to manage that emotion, you know, have God, you're calling me to this and I'm not seeing it yet. And, uh, and just coming here with that faith and audacity. I mean, it was, it was quite intense. So it wasn't just you and Alyssa and the kids. No, there were seven, families... seven others came with us. They that sold homes. Wild. It was unbelievable. So there were seven so other people. It wasn't just to you and Alyssa. God right. made this clear to some other families yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. So do you think that made the transition on your kids easier? So they weren't yeah. completely leaving all that they knew. Some right. of them was coming with them. Absolutely. So th- they had people they knew and uh, people that were familiar. And there were kids, uh, our kids' age as well. And uh, it, it was really kind of cool, actually. I mean, the seven of us were all audacious. We'd been praying about this. And uh, what's amazing is we, people sold homes, you know. And, and uh, actually, one of the guys that came, he felt stood and, and he hopped on the, the – uh, the truck with me. And, you know, you got to think when we came here a few years ago, it was the worst recession, you know, it was the worst time. And uh, they say it's the worst place to plant a church. And I think God kind of looks at that and says, Hey, I'm going to bless that to show that it's not my man's hands, you know, but uh, we had moved. And uh, uh, one of the guys along the way, maybe 30, 40 minutes into the trip, got a phone call saying, Hey, got a job for you. And every one of the, the, the team members, they got a job in a time where we were just told there are no jobs in the area. It was incredible, absolutely miraculous. So these are real surprises and pleasant ones, mind you. So do they also work in different fields like Alyssa's work, you know, in design right. and individuals? Yeah. The, the, so, I mean, so what fields banking, do the other people Banking. Uh, one was a, a forklift driver. And um, yeah, and, and I believe the other one worked at Netflix. So, <laughs> so, so God calls us out, and when we're obedient, even when we doubt or don't know how it's going to come through, not just in biblical times, but yes, today in Portland, Oregon, in Hillsboro, right? God comes through, right? Well, I, I think God moves in faith. It's the the fundamental belief uh, in what God is calling us to, even though it's uncertain. Church planting is an act of faith. We're believing something will exist that which doesn't presently exist. And so we, we had this uh, mind of faith, audacious faith. And the Bible says that he, to him who is able to exceedingly do more than we ask or imagine. The problem is sometimes we're not asking or, having a, or imagining. And so we gave God an ask and an imagine and said, God, exceed this. And he did. He absolutely exceeded it. In my imperfect theological view of heaven, I picture myself after I buy it on this earth, getting up to the pearly gates and having a big screen up there. And I'm going to see a lot of the near misses and accidents like you see on YouTube and people almost got hit by a truck, but they didn't. I think think God's going to show me thousands of those. I was completely (laughs) unaware of his protection over me. Right on, right on, right on. 
Yeah, absolutely. God's hand was absolutely on this, and we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. I mean, we literally had our first church meeting on a Sunday night with seven people in my living room on my couches in one chair, and we just said, let's let's be the church. So did you all end up living in the same relative vicinity? Yeah, kind of the same area. Actually, one landed, unfortunately, in Vancouver because it's the only place I could get. And uh, they had to drive up. But yeah, for, for the most part, we were all in the community. And we wanted to be on mission, meaning that we want to uh, be very intentional about the area where we're in and love on people and do life with our friends and neighbors. And you know, from the get-go, we landed and we said, okay, guys, let's go for it. And uh, it, it felt like the book of Acts. I mean, we just went out and we were inviting Sunday night was our church, and so we were inviting people to my living room. Hairdressers were coming in, people who were addicted got were addicted to drugs that got set free. Uh, people who were, you know, young families would come in. They were filling up our living room, and our living room got so full that people were sitting on the uh, the benches and tables and everywhere. And we didn't have air conditioning. It was summertime. It was hot. And I mean, we'll give it out like isopoles and, uh, you know, giving out uh, ice creams and just to cool people down. It was so hot. It was over 100 degrees. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget how powerful that was, though, just seeing people saved on an organic level. And I mean, we I remember we were leading people to Jesus and uh, Starbucks and coffee shops and uh, just very organic. And, and they would bring their friends and say, hey, you got to meet this guy who's going to introduce you to Jesus. And I, at one point, I led one person after another person to Christ, and that's what Resound was built on, this organic Jesus movement where we just came together and said, let's just be the church. You know, Let's not do away with all that we know and just go and just enjoy each other and, and love life. And, and it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And so, this is only three years ago, just over three years ago. So when did you make the big decision to leave the living room? Oh, the big decision? We're kind of forced to. We had no room left. And so we... Um, you know, Resound Church, we have uh, we have received a lot of generosity from from local churches. Actually, I would say we've received more support from churches from around the city than churches outside the city. I mean, there wasn't a sense of competition. Uh, there was a sense of just just this Jesus thinking that was just so incredible. Uh, great churches in the area that just said, "Hey, come speak at my church," or "Hey, t- use what you need to a church locally, uh, less than a mile away." said, use our building. We don't use it Sunday nights. Come use it. And as, uh, you know, this uh, great Baptist church, they said, come come, uh, come uh, uh, meet at our church. And we did. Every Sunday night, we began to meet at, at a, a Baptist church hall. And it was wonderful. We just had church there. And then from there, we outgrew that, and uh, we went to a movie theater. Okay, so tell us about the theater experience. How was this? Uh, starting this church, first of all, from your living room, gaining the support of the church being brothers and sisters of Christ in the surrounding areas and cities who just were on board. You know what? You're preaching the gospel of Christ. We're on board. How can we help you? I love to see that. Right. right. So so tell us about the theater. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things I think uh, the, the other pastors picked up on was the fact that we were not there for competition's sake. We weren't there to compete with one another. My heartbeat wasn't just to create a nicer option Sunday morning. You know, our heartbeat was to really see transformed lives and people impacted, whether they're believers and disenfranchised or non-Christians or young families, whatever it is. And uh, I think, you know, that mentality, we, we honored the other churches. We didn't try and say we're better, we're a better option than everybody else. We just love Jesus and love people, you know. And so 
we transitioned from uh, the, the church hall into the uh, to a movie theater where it was portable. And uh, we launched, we moved here in summer of uh, 2010, and we uh, launched our church in the theater, in, uh, in the Regal Movie Theater, on uh, January 2011. And uh, it was it, it just exploded from that moment on. We had hundreds of people. We had people sitting on the stairwell, and it was crazy. And when we get back with Luke Reed of Resound Church, we're going to find out where they are now in Hillsboro. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with our very special guest, Pastor Luke Reed of Resound Church, which used to be in a movie theater in Hillsboro. So can you tell us how you got into the movie theater in the first place? You'd so expanded past your living room after moving by God's faith from Iowa, where you were loved and comfortable into the unknown of Portland, right. which you really had no connection to right. prior to God's calling. Right. Right. So how was the movie theater experience, and what happened since then? Well, it was very exciting. You know, we had uh, gone from a, a church hall on Sunday nights to the movie theater, and in a six-month period, we literally went from seven people not knowing anyone in our area. And, I mean, actually, the first person I met was my banker opening up the church bank account. And uh, and we, uh, I remember speaking to the guy that I was with, uh, Jordan, who's our children and youth pastor, and I said, man, it'll take a miracle for her to come to church. So she came to church. I'll never forget when we moved into the movie theater, she came and uh, she came along. She gave a life to Christ. And I had the privilege of baptizing her uh, maybe two months later. And she still attends. She's still involved. She's still connected. I'll never forget. I had a conversation with her. I said, hey, so what is this like compared to uh, maybe some churches you've been to as a kid or, you know, Easter? She said to me, look, I've never stepped foot inside of a church before, ever. And so for me, those days were incredible. You know, it was uh, this unique experience of us getting up early, bringing in these portables, creating the system, and then being out before movie show. So you got like Saw 5 or whatever else showing after us, and you got to be out before, you know, someone hacks someone on the movie screen. This was and not so, a fair that you'd completely <laughs> taken over. You were renting it. We were renting a regal on Evergreen. Before the movies started. Yes, on Sunday bodies. Yeah, we had, we had a deadline. Yeah, we had to be out because otherwise the preview started. I remember early on, actually, they uh, the previews kicked in because they were getting used to it, and the previews kicked in as I was speaking. So I was speaking, and uh, they start talking about Goofy. You know, uh, there's like this uh, radio uh, before the movie start, before mm-hmm. the preview start, and so they're going on about some used car dealership or something. And uh, as I'm trying, I'm literally the same pitch, and it was I just kept going and going. It was just absolutely a crazy experience, but it was wonderful. We saw hundreds of people saved. And uh, incredible amounts of people that just were changed in that place. And uh, people got on fire for Jesus and and impacted their community. And that theater experience was wonderful. We were in there for just over uh, two years, actually just under three years. And it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful experience. And what else was going on in Hillsborough at this time, unbeknownst to you? Well, uh, you know, obviously we had done some things in the community, some exciting things, and uh, we we uh, we felt stirred about praying about a building. And uh, we we one thing that we recognize is church is not a building. It, it, the building just facilitates uh, uh, really fundamentally what the church is, and uh, it, that's it. The facility facilitates, and uh, we believe that the church is what happens in the community. We believe the church is, is what happens in, in homes and, and really what we built on in the early days, which is let's just do life, 
talk Jesus and lead people to Jesus. And uh, and I think that fundamentally was um you know a fundamental belief. But we definitely felt like we were outgrowing our space. You know, we were kind of like the fifteen year old that that's in his thirteen uh, year old clothing. And so we felt like we needed to kind of grow grow into something here. And uh, and so we had prayed about a facility. And God led us to a facility that was in existence. I mean, it was—it's an incredible facility, and uh, there was a church already there. And it was quite a crazy thought because I, I don't really—you know—it's not like I feel led to go pray around a church and say, "God, give me their building. May they move out." You know. And so for me, it was a crazy experience. But I, for some reason, I remember driving there, fe- fe- feeling led to it. I remember the moment praying with my seven-year-old at that point; she was six, and. Uh, she even started praying, Jesus, I just pray for this church. I pray for this church, that we'll get a new church building. And uh, it, it was quite powerful. And so, you know, it, it was quite a miraculous story, to be honest with you. It was, it was quite un- incredible. So how was it having a conversation with them after this point? You know, uh, it was very interesting. I met with the pastor, and, and I just didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. And uh, the pastor's a great guy. The, the, the church has, uh, gone, had gone through a very interesting uh, phase with the change of pastor and uh, but a great church. I mean, there were a lot that they did in the community. I mean, they were really a, an important piece of the community. And uh, the pastor and I just, you know, we really hit it off, to be honest with you. And we began talking. I spoke to the owners of the facility, which, um, you know, they were not the owners, they were leasing it. And I spoke, at this point, we we're speaking with the owners and the, the uh, church team that were there. And it began to unfold this Jesus story that was incredible. This incredible thing that would actually benefit both churches. It was crazy. It was just perfect time, perfect place. I mean, it was one of those only God moments. And so it, it was quite powerful, to be honest with you. So what happened after this point? When God brought you together, you prayed over it, surprisingly and not spitefully or greedily, but you did indeed pray for it. And God just gave you this positive connection. What happened afterwards? So I began talking to the pastor, and uh, we started um, really feeling like there was a transition coming. And uh, actually, the pastor had said to me, he said, Luke, God had been speaking to me about relaunching our church. Hmm. That was powerful. It was powerful. And I mean, I, I, we got moved by this, you know. So we literally swapped our keys for their keys. And they took out, they took the movie theater and they l- relaunched themselves. Actually, they're going right now. They've rebranded themselves. They relaunched themselves as a church. And it was honestly the most Jesus transition I've ever seen. I mean, it was so much honor from both sides. We weren't the guys coming and taking over and they weren't the guys taking out. It was this beautiful moment where both of us is momentum for them. So they're seeing great momentum. And for us, obviously it helps us facilitate ministry that's happening in our community and uh, doing more, you know, in terms of uh, what we can do from what the facility brings. It's quite exciting. So what can you do now that God's blessed you with your own building facility for your congregation? Well, I, I think for us, one of the key purposes of, of our church is to equip the saints. And what that means is we, we don't want to be a place where, hey, let the professionals do it. And what that means is you have to, as a church, be good at equipping people. So you can't just tell people, go do ministry. You've got to say, hey, here's how you do ministry. And I think so often what we do is we say, hey, go build something, but we don't give them the tools to do it. And I think for us, one of the things that's helped us is we're able to do Wednesday night classes. We're able to equip people, help people. And, you know, it's kind of hard to run a Wednesday night class when you've got sore five showing in the background, you know. And so f- for me, it's, it's an important piece to uh, 
to have a facility where we can now do classes and equip people. And like I'm on Wednesday nights, I teach a leadership class where I'm, and, and it's all made up of uh, people that aren't in leadership but want to, and they just kind of this confusion about the the next steps. So there's going to be wonderful ministry that comes out of that. There's other classes that are helping equip our people in Bible uh, teaching. So uh, the other thing it does is it gives us an opportunity, obviously, to expand. I mean, we've seen a lot of people make decisions for Christ. And every week at Resound Church, people say yes to Jesus. Maybe every Sunday from uh, from seven people right up to 18 people on a regular Sunday, every week are saying yes to Jesus. People bring their friends, and it's that's an exceptional platform. The other thing is the missional opportunity where we can bring people, then send them. And so it's an incredible place where we can now facilitate some incredible ministry to the community and touch lives. And, and the other aspect of it is, you know, this year uh, during Easter, we celebrated uh, our largest service. Actually, we had over a thousand people in our two services. That's fantastic. And God just blessed. And obviously it's not, you know, people say it's not about the numbers. What I care about is the fact there's a lot of people that said yes to Jesus. Amen. There's a that. lot of Christians that got excited. And to me, every one of those people count to Jesus. And so that's what we were very excited about. So for the seven that moved out from Iowa in obedience to God, I salute you. And uh, one of the ministries that you talked about is, do you have anything going on this summer you'd like to share with us? Yeah, we, last year we did something called Summerfest. And uh, uh, it was an incredible thing, actually, that we did. We we partnered with uh, Joyce Meyer Ministries, and she came in, and, and, uh, and she actually collected thousands of diapers and wipes. And so we took those in partnership with Resound Church, and we went out to our community and did, did a festival. And we got together uh, food and different items, and we just had a fun deal in the community. And anyway, we're doing that this year, and we're going to have an incredible uh, incredible time, just bouncy castles, fun things, and it's going to be wonderful this summer. Looking forward to Summerfest. Thank you so much, Luke Reed of Resound Church. Look for more information at the website, resoundchurch.com. And thanks so much for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800.